Um, but we're going to just spend a few moments so you can understand if we don't spend too much time in the reading of the word, you'll understand that. Again, keep us in prayer for uh, for our daughter who's at the hospital. And, um, and we're just believing in God for full recovery. But today, what I want to do is I want us to commit our time to the word just for a few moments. Um, I just want to commit our time to the word and we'll be in in Ezekiel uh, 29, I believe, um, in Ezekiel 29. And I want us to just posture ourselves just for a few moments in the Lord, in a meditation, to ask the Lord three questions. God, what are you revealing concerning yourself? God, what are you revealing concerning people? And God, what are you revealing concerning me? We're praying today as we read his word that the Lord would give us insight into who he is. Give us uh, a, a moment's encouragement to help us even in our times of weakness and in our times of confusion. We're asking for the Lord to convict us and to correct us in our present moment in this time. And we can find that just through the Holy Spirit and through reading his word. And that's what we're going to do. So we're going to pray and then we're going to get started. Father, we thank you that, Lord, you have given us this opportunity to come together. People from all over the world are coming right now to spend time in the reading of your word. How encouraging is that? And so, Father, I ask as we read your word, Lord, let us hear from you today. Um, let us hear from you. Let us receive insight and wisdom, um, knowledge and understanding of who you are, Father, as we engage in your word. Bless us today um, as we uh, read this word, Father. Um, let us know more about you. And we say that in your name we pray. Amen. Chapter 29, and it says this, in the 10th year, in the 10th month, on the 12th day of the month, the word of the Lord came to me saying, son of man, set your face against Pharaoh, king of Egypt and prophesy against him and against all Egypt. Speak and say, thus says the Lord God, behold, I am against you, O Pharaoh, king of Egypt, O great monster who lies in the midst of his waters who has said, my river is my own. I have made it for myself, but I will put hooks in your jaws and cause the fish of your rivers to stick to your scales. I will bring you up out of the midst of your rivers and all the fish in your rivers will stick to your scales. I will leave you in the wilderness, you and all the fish of your rivers. You shall fall on the open field and you shall not be picked up or gathered. I have given you as food to the beasts of the field and to the birds of the heavens. Then all the inhabitants of Egypt shall know that I am the Lord because they have seen a staff of reed to the house of Israel. When they took hold of you with the hand, you broke and tore all their shoulders. When they leaned on you, you broke and made their backs quiver. Therefore, thus says the Lord God, surely I will bring a sword upon you and cut off from you man and beast and the land of Egypt shall become desolate and waste. Then they will know that I am the Lord because he said the river is mine and I have made it. Indeed, therefore, I am against you and against your rivers and I will make the land of Egypt utterly waste and desolate from Migdal to Syene. As far as the border of Ethiopia, neither foot of man shall pass through it, nor foot of beast pass through it, and it shall be uninhabited 40 years. I will make the land of Egypt desolate in the midst of the countries that are desolate and among the cities that are laid waste. Her cities shall be desolate 40 years, and I will scatter the Egyptians among the nations and disperse them throughout the countries. 
Yet thus says the Lord God, at the end of 40 years, I will gather the Egyptians from the people among whom they were scattered. I'll bring back the captives of Egypt and cause them to return to the land of Pathros, to the land of their origin, and they shall be a lowly kingdom. It shall be the lowliest of kingdoms. It shall never again exalt itself among the nations, for I will diminish them so that they will not rule over the nations anymore. No longer shall it be the confidence of the house of Israel, but will remain them, sorry, but will remain them of their iniquity when they turn to follow them. Then they shall know that I am the Lord God. And it came to pass in the 27th year, in the first month, on the first day of the month, that the word of the Lord came to me saying, Son of man, Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, caused his army to labor strenuously against Tyre. Every head was made bald and every shoulder rubbed raw, yet neither he nor his army received wages from Tyre for the labor which they expended on it. Therefore, thus says the Lord God, surely I will give the land of Egypt to Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon. He shall take away her wealth, carry off her spoil and remove her pillage. And there will be wages for his army, and I will give him the land of Egypt for his labor, because they worked for me, says the Lord God. In that day, I will cause the horn of the house of Israel to spring forth, and I will open your mouth to speak in their midst. Then they shall know that I am the Lord. The word of the Lord came to me again, saying, Son of man, prophesy and say, Thus says the Lord God, Wail. Woe to the day, for the day is near. Even the day of the Lord is near. It will be a day of the clouds, the time of the Gentiles. A sword shall come upon Egypt, and great anguish shall be in Ethiopia. When the slain fall in Egypt, and they take away her wealth, and her foundations are broken down, Ethiopia, Libya, Lydia, all mingled people, Chub, and the men of the lands who are, who are allied shall fall with them by the sword. Thus says the Lord, those who uphold Egypt shall fall, and the pride of her power shall come down. From Migdal to Syene, those within her shall fall by the sword, says the Lord God. They shall be desolate in the midst of the desolate countries, and her cities shall be in the midst of the cities that are laid waste, and they will know that I am the Lord. When I have set a fire in Egypt, and all her helpers are destroyed, on the day messengers shall go forth from me in ships, to make careless Ethiopians afraid. And great anguish shall come upon them as on the day of Egypt, for indeed it is coming, thus says the Lord God. I will also make a multitude of Egypt to cease by the hand of Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon. He and his people with him, the most terrible of the nations, shall be brought to destroy the land. They shall draw their swords against Egypt and fill the land with the slain. I will make the rivers dry and sell the land into the hand of the wicked. I will make the land waste and all that is in it by the hand of aliens. I, the Lord, have spoken. Thus says the Lord God, I will also destroy the idols and cause the images of to cease of Noph. There shall be no longer there shall no longer be princes from the land of Egypt. I will put fear in the land of Egypt. I will make Pathros desolate, set fire to Zoan, and execute judgments on No. I will pour my fury on Sin, the strength of Egypt. I will cut off the multitude of No. I will set fire in Egypt. Sin shall have great pain. No 
shall split open. Enough shall be in distress daily. The young men of Avon and Pi, Bessa, shall fall by the sword, and these cities shall go into captivity. And Tapanis, the day shall be darkened, and I will break the yokes of Egypt there, and her arrogant strength shall cease in her. As for her, the cloud shall cover her, and her daughters shall go into captivity. Hmm. Thus I will execute judgments on Israel, then they shall know that I am the Lord. And it came to pass in the eleventh year, in the seventh month, on the seventh day of the month, that the word of the Lord came to me, saying, Son of man, I have broken the arm of Pharaoh, king of Egypt, and see, it has not been bandaged for healing, nor a splint put on it, sorry, put on to bind it, to make it strong enough to hold a sword. Therefore, thus says the Lord God, surely I am against Pharaoh, king of Egypt, and I will break his arms, both the strong one and the one that was broken. And I will make the sword fall out of his hand, and I will scatter the Egyptians among the nations and disperse them throughout the countries. I will strengthen the arms of the kings of Babylon and put my sword in his hand, but I will break Pharaoh's arms, and he will groan before him with the groanings of a mortally wounded man. Thus I will strengthen the arms of the king of Babylon, but the arms of Pharaoh shall fall down. They shall know that I am, sorry, they shall know that I am the Lord when I put my sword into the hand of the king of Babylon and he stretches it out against the land of Egypt. I will scatter the Egyptians among the nations and disperse them throughout the countries and they shall know that I am the Lord. Now it came to pass in the 11th year, in the third month, on the first day of the month that the word of the Lord came to me saying, son of man, thus says Pharaoh, th uh, sorry, son of man, say to Pharaoh, king of Egypt and to his multitude, whom are you like in your greatness? Indeed, Assyria was a cedar in Lebanon with fine branches that shaded the forest in a high stature and its top was among the thick boughs. The waters made it grow. Underground waters gave it height with their rivers running around the place where it was planted and sent out rivulets to all the trees of the field. Therefore, its height was exalted above the trees of the field. Its boughs were multiplied and its branches became long because of the abundance of water as it sent them out. All the birds of the heavens made their nests in its boughs. Under its branches, all the beasts of the field brought forth their young and its shadow all great nations made their home. Thus it was beautiful in greatness and in length of its branches because its roots reached to abundant waters. The cedars of the garden of God could not hide it. The fir trees were not like its boughs and the chestnut trees were not like its branches. No tree in the garden of God was like it in beauty. I made it beautiful with a multitude of branches so that all the trees of Eden envied it. They were in the garden of God, sorry, that were in the garden of God. Therefore, thus says the Lord God, because you have increased in height and it set its top among thick bows and its heart was lifted up in its height. Therefore, I will deliver it into the hand of the mighty one of the nations and he shall surely deal with it. 
I have driven it out for its wickedness, and aliens, the most terrible of nations, have cut it down and left it. Its branches have fallen on the mountains and in all the valleys. Its bows lie broken by all the rivers of the land, and all the people of the earth have gone from under its shadow and left it. On its ruin will remain all the birds of the heavens, and all the beasts of the field will come to its branches, so that no trees by the waters may ever again exalt themselves for their height, nor set their tops among the thick bows, that no tree which drinks water may ever be high enough to reach up to them, for they have all been delivered to death, to the depths of the earth, among the children of men who go down to the pit. Hmm. Thus said the Lord God in the day when it, when it went down to hell, I caused a mourning, I covered the deep because of it. I restrained its rivers, and the great waters were held back. I caused Lebanon to mourn for it, and all the trees of the field wilted because of it. I made the nation shake at the sound of its fall when I cast it down to hell together with those who descend into the pit and all the trees of Eden, the choice and the best of Lebanon. All that drink water were comforted in the depths of the earth. They also went down to hell with it, with those slain by the sword and those who were strong armed dwelt in its shadows among the nations. To which of the trees in Eden will you be likened in glory and greatness? Yet you shall be broken down with the trees of Eden to the depths of the earth. You shall lie in the midst of the uncircumcised with those slain by the sword. This is Pharaoh and all his multitude, says the Lord. Let's do one more. And it came to pass in the twelfth year, in the twelfth month, on the, the first day of the month, that the word of the Lord came to me, saying, Son of man, take up lamentation for Pharaoh, king of Egypt, and say to him, You are like a young lion among the nations. You are like a monster in the seas, bursting forth in your rivers, troubling the waters with your feet and fouling their rivers. Thus says the Lord God, I will therefore spread my net over you with a company of my people, and they will draw you up in my net. Then I will leave you on the land. I will cast you out on the open fields and cause you to settle on all, sorry, cause to settle on you all the birds of the heavens. And with you, I will fill the beasts of the whole earth. I will lay your flesh on the mountains and fill the valleys with your carcass. I will also water the land with the flow of your blood, even to the mountains and the riverbeds will be full of you. When I put out your light, I will cover the mountains and make its stars dark. I will cover the sun with a cloud and the moon shall not give her light. The bright lights of the heavens I will make dark over you. I will bring darkness upon your land, says the Lord God. I will also trouble the hearts of many people and I will bring your destruction among the nations into the countries which you have not shown. Yes, I will make many people astonished at you and their kings shall be horribly afraid of you when I brandish my sword before them and they shall tremble every moment, every man for his own life in the day of your fall. For thus says the Lord God. Give me one second here, fam. Let me definitely put that on. <laughs> for thus says the Lord God, the sword of the king of Babylon shall come upon you. By the swords of the mighty warriors, all of them, the most terrible of the nations, I will cause your multitude to fall. They shall plunder 
the pomp of Egypt and all its multitude shall be destroyed. Hmm. For thus is the Lord God, the sword of the Lord of Babylon shall come upon you by the swords of the mighty warriors of them, the most terrible of the nations. I will cause your multitude to fall. They shall plunder the pomp of Egypt and all its multitude shall be destroyed. Also, I will destroy all its animals from beside its great waters. The foot of man shall muddy them no more, nor shall the hooves of animals muddy them. Then I will make their waters clear, make their rivers run like oil, says the Lord God. When I make the land of Egypt desolate and the country and the, sorry, and the country is destitute of all that once filled it. When I strike all who dwell in it, then they shall know that I am the Lord. This is the lamentation with which they shall lament her. The daughters of the nation shall lament her. They shall lament for her, for Egypt and for all her multitude, says the Lord God. It came to pass also in the 12th year of the 15th day of the month that the word of the Lord came to me saying, son of man, wail over the multitude of Egypt and cast them down to the depths of the earth. Her and the daughters of the famous nations with those who go down to the pit. Whom do you surpass in beauty? Go down, be placed with the uncircumcised. They shall fall in the midst of those slain by the sword. She is delivered to the sword, drawing her and all her multitudes, the strong among the mighty. She shall speak to him out of the midst of hell with those who help him. They have gone down. They lie with the uncircumcised, slain by the sword. Assyria is there. And all her army with her graves all around her, all of them slain, fallen by the sword. Her graves are set in the recesses of the pit and her company is all around her grave. All of them slain, fallen by the sword, who caused terror in the land of the living. There's Elam and all her multitude all around her grave, all of them slain, fallen by the sword, who go down uncircumcised the lower parts of the earth. Hmm who cause their terror in the land of the living, now bear their shame with those who go down to the pit. They have set her bed in the midst of the slain with all her multitude, with all her graves all around it, all of them uncircumcised and slain by the sword. Though their terror was caused in the land of the living, they shall bear their shame with those who go down to the pit. It was put in the midst of the slain. There was Meshach and Tubal and all their multitudes with all their graves around it, all of them uncircumcised, slain by the sword, though they caused their terror in the land of the living. They did not lie with the mighty who are fallen on the uncircumcised, who have gone down to hell. In their weapons of war, they have laid their swords under their heads, but their iniquities will be on their bones because of the terror of the mighty in the land of the living. Yes, you shall be broken in the midst of the uncircumcised and lie with those slain by the sword. There's Edom, her kings and all her princes who, despite their might, are laid beside those slain by the sword. They shall lie with the uncircumcised and go and with those who go down to the pit. The other princes of the north, all of them and all the Sidonians who have gone down with the slain in shame and sorry in shame at the terror which they caused by their might. They shall lie with the uncircumcised, those slain by the sword, and bear their shame with those who go down to the pit. Pharaoh will see them 
and be comforted over all his multitude, Pharaoh and all his army slain by the sword, says the Lord God. For I have caused my terror in the land of the living and shall be placed in the midst of the uncircumcised with those slain by the sword, Pharaoh and all his multitude. Um, as you guys know, we are slightly constricted with our time um, today. And, <clears throat> I, you know, I, I have a lot of thoughts um, concerning um, what I would uh, like to share today. And I think there's a part of me that's tempted to, you know, to dig in real deep, almost in 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 Bible study form, um, I, I almost feel you know compelled to do that. I'm going to um, restrain myself so that I don't fall into that pit, <laughs> because then I'll I'll be here all day. Because um, there's some key words here that I would love to really break down for you guys, and not afforded that. However, we do have a Bible study, by the way on Wednesdays. So please join us. It's on um, Discord. So I want to encourage you to go ahead and check in um, on Discord. Uh, definitely join us on Discord. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I hope you guys would make the time to attend that. I, I, it's going to be an amazing blessing for you. And um, obviously on Patreon as well. I don't really look at the the comments only through my patrons on Discord, but at least join the Discord. Um, we have a few communities in the Opus Frere community on Discord. Um, my patron community is there and my community with all of you folks are there as well. And so I want to encourage you guys to join that. And it'll also be on the other platforms, but I only say that to say there is a lot to really break down when we speak about um, certain elements of what Ezekiel is speaking in, into here. I just want to quickly brief you. Um, on a few things. And then I'm just going to share maybe one or two thoughts. Uh, the first thing I want to brief you on is, <clears throat> remember, Ezekiel is uh, been given a prophetic gift to speak prophetically against the nations um, and just speak prophetically into the justice and the judgment of God concerning the actions of these nations. He first addresses Israel. Ezekiel is a prophet, but he's also a prophet in exile. Is important because remember um, when we read through uh, in First Kings and Second Kings and First Chronicles and Second Chronicles, we read through the historicity of the children of Israel. More specifically, we read about how the children of Israel were um, attacked a multiplicity of times, and every time they were attacked, um, there were those who were taken into captivity. Groups of people taken into captivity. Ezekiel was among those who were who was taken into captivity. So Ezekiel finds himself captive in a foreign land, but yet Ezekiel is speaking prophetically and what he spoke first prophetically against was Israel to speak about the judgment that was coming to them because of their worship or their idolatry, um, which of course he equated to their adultery. And so Israel, again, worship other gods in their temples. And we, we talked about what the practice of the worshiping of other gods was. And so because he worshiped other gods in those temples, because they worshiped other gods in those temples, the consequence was that God was going to bring justice to make things right. Remember, when, when we speak about justice, we're speaking about the making of things right. 
um, and often to correct things and to make things right, sometimes not sweet. It's important for us to understand that. Um, the first thought that I have, and this is important for you guys to understand, to understand God and his heart when it comes to the matters of justice. Sometimes God's got to make you go through some things in order to correct some things. It's the same way that sometimes there are things in us that are broken, broken in such a way that it has to be rebroken in order to be reoriented in the way that it ought to be. It's like the one who breaks his arm. And if the arm was broken for a long period of time, then the doctor has to go and re-break the arm, then reorient the bone, then put a cast on the bone so that the bone can heal properly. There's some of us who have been healed broken. And so even though we healed, what we have is a semblance of healing, but we're still limping because our healing wasn't healed in the way that it was previously oriented. And so maybe what God has to do is God has to break a part of you first in order to reorient you and correct you so that way you can heal straight. And I think sometimes we look and we don't understand that God's justice is one in which God is looking to make things right. Sometimes you've got to demolish things before you build things. Y'all seen buildings, right? If you keep a building the way it is, you can, you can remodel the building, you can paint the building, but if there's something wrong with the fidelity of the structure of the building, then you've got to break the entire thing down. That's why some buildings have to be demolished first before new buildings are built up. Could it be possible that even for you in this season, that what God is doing is he's deconstructing, demolishing whatever was before so that he can build something new? God says, behold, I will do a new thing. And maybe for God to do a new thing in you, he's got to completely destroy the old thing. So maybe what God is doing for many of us is, is, and I love that he's deconstructing to reconstruct because sometimes you want reconstruction, but God cannot build on top of what you already got there. And I think that's the issue we have now is, is, and I think this is the beautiful thing that's happening in America, particularly speaking. If you'd allow me to rant for just one second, I, th I believe what's happening in America is America is going through a deconstruction. We've had a counterfeit Christianity, an institutionalized Christianity, a politicized Christianity. A Christianity that was more about what, what the culture said it ought to be rather than what the scriptures say that it ought to be. We were faithful to a cultural way of thinking, and then we superimposed our Christianity on top of it and called it Christianity. When what we what it really was was, you know, liberalism. Or what it really was, was conservatism. Or what it really was, republicanism. Or what it really was, was, you know, being democratic or what it really was. And so now because we've got all these different streams of thought, it's all collided in a way where Christianity has been completely diluted because Christianity is nothing related to any of these things. What did Jesus say? Jesus said, my kingdom is not of this world. And yet we're trying to superimpose the world on his kingdom. 
And I think this is what's happening in America is people are beginning to see the disingenuousness of whatever it is that we have called Christianity. I'm sorry, I'm ranting, but give me one second. I know sometimes I get into this, but I, I got to make sure y'all hear what I'm saying is maybe what's happening is a lot of people are going, hold up, wait a second. This ain't it. No, wait, hold on a second. This is not nah, what you're selling to me is not it. <laughs> what you're selling to me is not. And maybe what's happening is that folks are realizing that whatever faith was called, be it Christianity or be it some kind of denomination or be it whatever, was really an institutional structure built on culture that had something built on top of it. And yet God cannot construct on something that's already there. God has to destroy everything. He's got to wipe it all out. I am weary. Make sure I, I say this clearly. I am weary of people who say that they've given their life to Jesus but they didn't have a season in their life where they let everything go. You have to die to yourself first before you can raise up in Christ. A lot of us want the resurrection, but we don't want the death. And yet to experience a resurrection, you have to die first. Some of us still want to hold on to our old ways of thinking, our old cultural philosophies, our old worldviews. We want to hold on to whatever it is mama grew up, grew up, grew me up on or whatever it is that daddy grew me, grew, grew me up on. And, and we want to grow into whatever it is that culture said or whatever I learned in school. And yet when it comes to our faith in Christ, it causes a complete deconstruction. We've got to die first before we rise first. And some of us, we want to rise to Christ, but we don't want to die to ourselves. And anytime we see that, that's why, that's why people have an issue with religion, because really religion is just politics with a little faith sprinkled in. And yet Jesus came to destroy all of it. He came to get rid of all of it. Why does all this matter? What does this, what does this have to do with our reading today, Pastor? Because what you're seeing is, is a God who has to deconstruct everything in order to build a new thing. He's got to deconstruct everything in order to establish a new thing. And yes, there may be a few little things that are good in it, but overall, systemically, cosmically, microcosmically, sorry, macrocosmically, sorry, this is broken. This ain't right. Egypt, Ethiopia, Edom, Elam, Assyria. You, you see everything that is happening here and, and in it, everything is wrong. Everything is wrong from there attacking Israel to Israel's idolatry from. So now what you see is, is that what Ezekiel is doing is Ezekiel is prophetically speaking to a deconstruction. 
And it's funny because for some of us, we'll look at this and be like, man, you know, um, man, God is putting in some work. But who is God actually using here? God isn't using a child of God. God isn't using an Israelite. God isn't using a Hebrew man. He's not using an African man. <laughs> God is looking to tear down the great kingdoms of Africa in this text. That's for the Hebrew Israelites. Um, God is using a non-Hebrew, non-African, West Asian, Middle Eastern, Babylonian, Assyrian kingdom to wipe out these other nations. Jerusalem's going to fall. Edom's going to fall. Egypt's going to fall. Ethiopia's going to fall. They're all going to fall. And who is God using? Someone who doesn't even submit to him. I think sometimes we, we, we think that for God to use us, we have to be in perfect relationship with him. <laughs> oh, oh, man. Oh, man. I ain't got time. I'm, 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 I'm a hot mess today. I'm a hot mess today. I, we're just meditating. We're just reflecting. I'm not here to do a Bible study. I'm just, I want you guys to think about this for a moment. That there are a lot of us who think that for God to use us, we have to be in perfect right standing with him. When God will use people who are evil to execute his ju judgment and his justice. God's about his mission. He's about his grand plan. He's about his kingdom. And he will use somebody who doesn't even believe in him or trust him to do it. I think that's the issue we have today. I think it's an issue on both sides, actually. It's an issue on the side of the person being used by God. And it's an issue on the person who God is executing justice with. Let me explain what I mean by that. We see presidents in the United States or in other nations, and we go, how could God be using him? You don't see the kind of evil person this person is, not realizing God's plan is way bigger than whatever it is, whatever small little thing you see there in that moment. First, God's plan is bigger, it's more complex, it's more cosmic than that. Some of y'all look at Donald Trump and you say, man, what a terrible president. No way God could have used him. Well, if God didn't use him, then how did he become president? Didn't Romans 13 tell us that the governments are all submitted to God, that even those who hold public, public offices are submitted to God, family? And then you've got the Christians who say, there's no way God is using Joe Biden. <laughs> <laughs> well, if God is not using Joe Biden, then is God sovereign? <laughs> if God isn't using Donald Trump, is God sovereign? You see why there's a problem with equating, you know, a certain political candidate to God as if they are God, as if they're prophets of God, not realizing that all authorities submit under the authority of God. Do you, see, do you see the problem there? I want to make sure y'all catching where I'm at. Do you see the problem there, thinking in this way? 
this 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 way of thinking about how well this can't be God because it's you know you just look at this person and here's the problem is we got an issue when people are being used by God and may not live in alignment to Him and I find that a lot of us. Even though we all have a responsibility to live according and to live at a higher standard, we all have that responsibility, especially for those who are in ministry, for those who have platforms. This is not a permission for anybody to live any other way. But let me ask you a question. There are many people who will say, well, I can't continue to listen to this particular song, a.k.a. Maverick City. I can't listen to this particular thing because of how this person is living. And I asked myself the question, did you get into this because of the person or did through this person, God gave you a gift to glorify him? You know, there are people who lost faith in Jesus because of a pastor. There are people who lost faith in Jesus because of a scandal in a church. There are people who've lost faith in Jesus because of a scandal through a worship ministry. There are people who will say, I'll stop listening to this music and I'll stop listening to this song because don't you see how they're living? Let me ask you a question. Did you listen to the song because of the person or was it through that person that you found a means by which you can glorify God? I find that a lot of folks who actually left faith because of a person never had faith in Jesus. They had faith in a person. That's idolatry. And this goes for the person who's being used by God. Don't think that because God is using you, that God is with you. Because God can use anyone, both good and evil, to do what he's calling and what he's executing and what he's judging. I want to make sure y'all understand this. Because there are those of us who will literally say, I'm going to cancel this person's music, not because of their doctrine, but because of their lifestyle. <laughs> oh, this is going to be so tough. And there are those who will who literally say, I'm walking away from faith. I'm walking away from this, not because of what the person was preaching, but because of how the person was living. Let me ask you a question. Were you there for the person or were you there for Jesus? A lot of people out here exposing themselves. A lot of people in church are exposing themselves. A lot of people of the faith are exposing themselves. They wait to catch somebody doing what they ought not to do and say, you know what? I'm going to cancel that person and cancel everything they did. Let me ask you a question. If they're a pastor, preacher, worship leader, whatever it is, if they weren't living the way that you thought or that you, you know, you somehow judged that they ought to live and you left because of that, my question to you is, were you there for them or were you there for God? Do you, do you see where I'm at? For every person, for every person who wants to cancel Maverick City because of whatever it is that you heard in the news. For everyone who wants to cancel a worship leader or you want to cancel a pastor because of their lifestyle, then you might as well go ahead and cancel the scriptures. You would you'd have to cancel the whole book of Psalms because the lifestyles of those who wrote it 
would not have aligned with the lifestyles of those who you esteem ought to live. And it's not to say that we shouldn't live above reproach, but the question is, were you in it for the person or was it that through the person, that person mediated a relationship and allowed you to get closer to God? Were you getting closer to God or were you getting closer to the person? Because I'll tell you something right now. If you're canceling a person's music or, can or canceling a person's teaching because a person's lifestyle, then maybe you are worshiping the person, not God. I look at this text. And what really inspires me, because I got to go, what really inspires me about this is I see that God's wiping out an entire region with the Babylonians. God's doing his work with Babylonians, those barbaric, sinful people. God's wiping out Egypt because Egypt has been prideful. God's wiping out Israel because Israel has been idolatrous. And Ezekiel speaking through all the prophetic lamentations, his proclamations against, against Pharaoh and against Egypt and against Israel and against these neighboring nations. And he's saying, I'm using Babylon and you're going to know that I'm God because I'm the one that's given Babylon the sword. You think Babylon would come here and wipe you out because Babylon is just stronger than you? Maybe you forgot there were stronger nations than Babylon that I gave you victory over. There were stronger nations than Babylon that I gave you power over. It isn't Babylon's power. It's your distance from me. It isn't Babylon's power. It's your idolatry. It isn't Babylon's power. It's me bestowing upon Babylon a power to bring all things right. This is about the justice of God. This is about how, how up to this point, Egypt has not been a nation that has brought flourishing to nations around them. This is a nation that has oppressed other nations. This is, this is about nations who were operating on power and influence and not on establishing the kingdom and the justice of God. And these people now, God is bringing judgment and justice to family. I'm just here to say to you real quick, be careful, be real careful. When you see God moving through something or someone to believe that God is for that person. And we already read this, guys. We, we've been here already. We already read this. So I'm not, if you've been with me, if you've been with me through, um, through, through all, through first and second Kings, first and second Chronicles, we read this already. We know what happens to Babylon. God's just resetting stuff. <laughs> God's not with Babylon. God's using Babylon to make things right. Another thing I want, and this is just again, I, we're not doing a Bible study here, but just just something to be be attentive to. Um, later on, we'll I guess we, you know, I don't know if we'll have enough time to really speak into this, but if you go back, we were reading through. I think it was our our reading rant on Revelation, and we did a Bible study on Revelation as well. Um, and and you'll notice here how Revelation uses a lot of Ezekiel's prophetic language. 
this is apocalyptic language that that um that uh that um that John uses in the book of Revelation. And notice like all these um you know these these allegories that you see he's going back to all the things that were happening here. He's talking about an empire that's coming to wipe out all these other smaller nations who thought that they were God. Last thing and I'm done. The one thing that stuck out to me in this text, in this reading, is in verse 18, 30 verse 18. And again, all I'm doing is just pointing out things that just pop out to me. In verse 18, he speaks about Egypt and the judgment on Egypt and how Egypt and all those neighboring allied countries are going to fall. He brings up Sin, Noth, No, Avin, Pi. He brings up all these other, you know, nations around uh, or nations that are in allegiance with, with Egypt. And in verse 18, um, he says, when I break the yokes of Egypt there. So he's saying the day of Tephanus, that it shall be darkened when I break the yokes of Egypt there. So Egypt's got a yoke, a stronghold, a political stronghold, a, an economic stronghold, a powerful stronghold. This is an allegiance that, that, that Egypt has imposed. And it says, and her strength shall cease in her. But what kind of strength was it? Her arrogant strength. Did y'all catch that? Her arrogant strength. Fam, check yourself. Because for many of us, sometimes we give ourselves way too much credit. Way too much credit. Egypt has become a powerful nation, one of the most powerful nations, one of the wealthiest nations in the history of humanity. Ethiopia, one of the most powerful nations. Egypt and Ethiopia were beefing for a minute. Okay, Either way, one of the most powerful nations. These are powerful, both in military might, economic might. The, the, these guys had influence over regions that extended far beyond Africa. They're strong. They're mighty. They're powerful. But here's the problem. Their strength was arrogant. I think often sometimes of our strength. And I think sometimes we think that our strength is ours. Like we think that we are strong. Like I'm here because I'm strong, because I can. I worked hard. I did this. This was me. Not realizing, fam, our strength comes not from nowhere else but the Lord. Strength is a gift from God. 
Strength is a divine gift given by God. You're not strong because of something within you. You're strong because he gave you strength. And there are folks today who we've got this arrogant strength. And this arrogant strength begins to make us feel ourselves. This arrogant streak makes us become, begin to think, man, look at what I'm doing and how I'm doing it. Man, I got this. I can, I can do bad all by myself. This arrogant strength is the one that gets us to separate further and further and further away from God. But a humble strength. Oh, a humble strength is a strength that says, I'm nothing without him. A humble strength is a strength that says, if it had not been for the Lord who was on my side. A humble strength is a strength that says, I couldn't get here if it wasn't for God. A humble strength says, I couldn't do this if God wasn't beside me. A humble strength says, I lift up my eyes to the hill for where my help comes from. My help cometh from the Lord. A humble strength is weakness. Because God's strength is perfected in my weakness. Some of us, we think we're strong on our own. Oh, an arrogant strength is weakness. Because an arrogant strength is one that eventually breaks. An arrogant strength is one that thinks that I can do it all by myself. An arrogant strength is one that eventually meets the world in a way that goes way beyond their ability and beyond their strength. But God's strength is limitless. And when you submit yourself to your weakness to know that I am nothing without him, apart from him, I can do nothing. Man, it sets you to bounds of no limit, because if I'm going to get anywhere, it's going to have to only be through the power of God. I'm weak, but God is strong. But if I start feeling myself, then I start thinking that I'm God. If I start feeling myself, then I'm thinking I'm the one who's all powerful and can. And if I start feeling myself, then I fall under the same temptation and the same demise as the Egyptians. And now Egypt's about to meet Babylon, which is not as wealthy, which is not as strong. We don't get to go into all the history. Egypt's about to beat Babylon, who's a lesser than nation, and Egypt will lose to Babylon. Not because Babylon is stronger, but because God has given Babylon the strength. So today, when we talk about the justice of God, understand the justice of God is complex. It's not meant for us to understand every element and every bit of it, but it's enough for us to say we need to submit ourselves to God, his kingdom. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. Father, I thank you today, Lord, as we read your word, Lord, that we're reminded, Lord, that your ways are above our ways. Your thoughts are above our thoughts. 
Heavenly Father, we come before you right now knowing, Lord, that, Lord, apart from you, we can do nothing. And so, Father, we trust in your strength. We rely on your strength. We know, Lord God, that without your strength, we are weak. And yet in our weakness, your strength is made perfect. So perfect your strength in us today. Teach us to live lives of humility, humble before you, humbled before others, knowing, Lord God, that we depend entirely on you. And we ask that in Jesus' name. Amen. Love y'all, fam. Again, pray for us. Um, I am going to be heading to the uh, hospital, um, praying for Theo. So keep Theo in your prayers, fam. Um, I look forward to hearing from my wife, who's been with her all night, um, to see how she's doing. But uh, we're going to be heading out in a few. Um, for the patrons, I will be posting this as soon as I can. I may not be able to post this right away, but I'm going to post this as soon as I can uh, for you guys. And so um, just be patient with me as I kind of find my equilibrium today. And um, and for those of you who want to connect with us, we got a, a whole Discord community right now. Man, I love seeing all of y'all on here right now. So please um, um, join our Discord community. Uh, good to see you all. Caroline, Sherm, Darla, uh, Mary, good to see you. Dresky, good to see you. Man, I'm so glad you guys are all here. Trina, Cooks on a Budget, I love that. Uh, good to see you guys. Glad you're here. And again, that's where I, I, I engage more. So if you're looking just to connect and engage, not only would you engage with me, but you'll engage with other folks who are on the same journey as you. So um, join that group and also become a patron. Just Just consider it. Uh, prayerfully consider becoming a patron. Um, this is what makes all this possible. Your support makes us all, all of this possible. So um, um, just click the link in the profile or just go to patreon.com slash Isaac Frere. Become a patron. I want to encourage you to do that. Okay. Um, and <clears throat> um, yeah, that's it. That's it. I'm, I got to go. Um, but yeah, so uh, Patreon, Discord, or subscribe. You can subscribe on IG and you can subscribe on TikTok. Love y'all guys. I will see you guys tomorrow. Again, uh, Theora, keep her, keep her in your prayers. And um, I'll stay on on Discord while I get, get everything situated. But I will connect with you guys tomorrow. All right. Love y'all. Peace out. All right. So I just, uh, I just shut down the... Um, hold on. Let me, let me save this real quick. Um, let me save this for the, uh, the Instagram subscribers. Read and rant. Reading from Ezekiel 29. Um, I'll give you guys a quick update here. Ezekiel. 29. Share to subscribers. Beautiful. Beautiful. There it is. Um, <clears throat> hey, Casper. Hey, Cynthia. Yes, thank you, guys. Um, um, 
By the way, Casper is Tammy, a.k.a. Bi-Fi. Okay, okay, Tammy, I see you. <laughs> I see you, Tammy. Now I know who you are. Um, but uh, yeah, guys, keep us in prayer. Um, Vanessa is at the hospital. She spent the night with Theora. Um, we initially thought it was an ear infection, Asia. It's not an ear infection. Um, it's, it's, it's a viral infection. We're still trying to figure out the origin of it, but she does not have an ear infection. She has a viral infection. Um, and it is, and they, they had to actually do a spinal tap, which was, you know, it's not fun. It's not fun to be a parent, to have to see your, your, your baby girl, um, go through all of that. Uh, but she did, uh, she had a spinal tap. And they found um, um, they they found that there there is an infection. It's not it's not too high because initially they thought that it could have been uh, meningitis that she that she had meningitis. But they're saying that it isn't high enough for her to have meningitis, and so um, they're seeing if it's just going to ride itself out. So please, we're praying for uh, divine healing. Uh, we were just believing that the Lord is going to um, um, heal her, and we were in prayer yesterday. And so, um, so yeah, keep us in prayer, man. Keep us in prayer, family. Um, oh, wow. Um, we're going to pray for Auntie Donna May as well. We're going to pray for Auntie Donna May. Um, yeah. Um, for her full recovery. And... Uh, yeah. So, so they, they don't want to give her antibiotics yet. Um, they want to see what's going on. It's just really frustrating. You know, it's hard to see, uh, Theora. She, she can't walk. Okay. She's not able to walk. She can't keep her balance at all. Um, and she's having a hard time sitting. Um, that's also an issue for her as well. And so, cause she can't walk and she can't sit and she's kind of just, you know, it, it almost seems to me that it feels like the room is spinning for her. Um, that's what it looks like. And so she's kind of just holding on to either, you know, my wife and I, she just holds on to us. And so anyway, we're just, uh, we're praying for a full recovery. So keep, uh, keep her in your prayers. Keep us in your prayers as well. Um, we're believing in a full recovery. Um, but I, w- I am going to be heading out in a few. So, um, Love you guys. I will stay. I'll keep you guys updated on on uh, on um, on Discord as well. Okay, um, but we're praying for for Donna May. We're praying for divine healing. We proclaim. We declare and declare healing healing in the name of Jesus. All right, family. Love you guys. Gotta go.